So we are continuing our series of Christmas messages this year around this theme of uh, Christmas songs under the title, The First Noels, a Noel. Well, Noel, first of all, when you capitalize it, means Christmas in general. It means the birth, um, literally. But also Noel, if you don't capitalize it, uh, can be used to refer to uh, Christmas carols, Christmas songs. A, a Christmas song can be called a Noel. And so we're, uh, we're looking together at Christmas songs. We've been sharing a little bit about um, what Christmas songs mean to us, how important they are in this season. Have asked people to share uh, your favorite Christmas songs over the last few weeks. I've talked with many people. And the unofficial winners of the uh, Covenant poll for favorite Christmas songs, songs of the Christmas season, there are two that have been mentioned really quite a bit more than any others, and they are Silent Night and O Holy Night. And I am very pleased to let you know that both of those songs are going to be included in our nine o'clock service on Christmas Eve. You're going to be able to hear both of those songs on Christmas Eve if you come at nine o'clock to hear the greatest covenant Christmas hits. Yeah, okay. So, uh, but... But we've also been sharing around this idea of the first Noels, which is to say that this idea of songs being important at Christmas time has a very long history. It actually goes all the way back to the very beginning of Christmas. And in the Gospel of Luke, we find four uh, special places where people offer what is called a song or a canticle uh, that is part of the Christmas story. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the song of Mary that's called the Magnificat. They use Latin names for these songs. Um, My soul magnifies the Lord. We looked at Mary's song. And then last week, we looked at Zechariah's song, which, by the way, is the text for the Advent reading for today in our Advent devotional booklets. Uh, The song of Zechariah that's called the Benedictus. Today, we're going to look at the Gloria, the song of the angels, as they appeared to the shepherds. And then on Christmas Eve, in a couple of days, we're going to look at the last, the fourth of the songs, by far the most obscure of the three, I think, uh, Simeon's song that's called the Nunc Dimittis. That's Latin for now dismiss. Now, O Lord, you allow your servant to be dismissed in peace. Um, and we'll talk about that in a couple days. But uh, today it's the Gloria. I want to begin, though, by asking you about, uh, or just mentioning about radio stations. One of the great things about the Christmas season is you can, you can pretty much count on your radio stations to make a shift during the Christmas season, right? They, they start playing Christmas songs. I mean, even sports talk radio, every once in a while, works in some kind of a Christmas song or, or, or Christmas stuff. Christmas kind of invades the radio stations, which I really enjoy. Um, it, it, again, it adds to the joy of the season to be hearing Christmas songs all over the place even on the radio. But let me ask you this. Have you ever had the radio speak directly to you? I have. Actually, you you work in radio, so you you probably try to get radio to speak directly to people. Well, let me tell you, in 2000, December of 2000, my daughter, Maggie, our youngest, was singing in the Nevada Children's Chorus, and they had a gig down at the Governor's Mansion uh, in Carson City. So I drove down to pick her up. And, uh, and by the way, my daughter told me, I think she was 10 at the time, she told me that the most interesting thing about the governor's mansion is that he has stalls in his bathroom. <laughs> so, of course, we immediately put stalls in our bathroom to, you know, try to keep up with the governor, yeah. Um, anyway, I went to pick her up, and they were running late. And so I waited in the parking lot for about 20 minutes. Finally, she came out. 
She got in the car, and as we're driving away, she says, so how long were you waiting, Dad? And I said, well, it was about 20 minutes. And she said, 20 minutes? It wasn't 20 minutes. It couldn't have been 20. And as she's saying this, I'm turning on my radio. She said, it couldn't have been 20 minutes. I turn the radio on, and the, and the announcer on the radio says emphatically, and I kid you not, 20 Coming from the radio. 20 minutes. That nah, couldn't have been 20. That it wasn't 20. 20 from the radio. It, I, I think it was a sports station. I think they were giving the last half of a, of a score. You know, it's like, and the 49ers lost yesterday 55 to 20. But all we got was the 20. She looks at me with wide eyes and says, okay, 20. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? What if we, what if we could tune into KHVN? And what if it spoke directly to us? Imagine driving down the, ra- uh, the road one night and you turn on your radio. Hey, people, don't touch that dial. You're tuned into KHVN, coming to you and speaking directly from here in our studio of gold just beyond the pearly gates, where the solid gold sound of glory rings out 24 hours a day, every day for all eternity. You've got the songs of heaven from heaven on high. K-H-V-N, heaven. Well, listen, I know, that, I know that's kind of a joke. Some of you are smiling. Thank you very much for the, for the courtesy laughs. But, and another one, good. Luke's Christmas song number three, the song of the angels, the Gloria, is in fact a song right out of heaven. Let's take a look at it. Luke chapter 2, a very familiar part of the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 2, verse 8 through uh, 20. Hear the word of God. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear from you today your song right out of heaven. Lord, that we might be encouraged, that we might uh, be built up in our faith, that we might be encouraged to put our trust in you and to follow as you lead us with courage 
courage and confidence. And we pray this in your name and for your sake. Amen. Usually when I think about or talk about this particular passage, this part of the Christmas story, I emphasize the shepherds. I can relate to the shepherds. Um, They're ordinary people like us, just doing what they normally do. They're out in the fields, tending the sheep like they always did. And then this amazing thing happens to them and it scares them to death. I can relate to all of that. And then to, to look at how they respond well in faith, checking out what God has said. Usually those are the kind of things that I emphasize in this text, but today we're talking about the angels' song, so we're going to focus on them. So let me begin with just a a word about angels. Angels, it seems to me, are fairly popular in our culture. People like angels. People talk about their guardian angels. People have, you know, you can read stuff about angels on on, on people's license plate holders. Um, Angels appear in television and movies and But they're not necessarily real angels. Real angels are biblical angels. And they're not necessarily the same thing that our our culture kind of likes and is drawn to and affirms uh, the picture that is painted of angels even at Christmas time. In the Bible, angels appear quite infrequently and only at very, very special times. Like uh, when the announcement is made that Mary is going to have a baby without benefit of male participation in the process through the Holy Spirit, and that this baby is indeed going to be the Son of God, the Messiah. It's an angel who comes to make that announcement to Mary. And then, as, as we've read, uh, at the time of Jesus' birth, angels appear and announce to the shepherds what's happening. And they go and check it out. Uh, Angels appear when Jesus is resurrected from the dead, another fairly important time in history. Angels appear at very special times. For whom do they work? Well, down to demonstrate this, for our worship enjoyment on this special fourth Sunday in Advent at Covenant Presbyterian Church, I present now the angels of heaven singing their wonderful hit song, Glory to God in the Highest. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, I had nightmares that when I did that, angels would actually appear and sing, which would make for a very special Sunday here at Covenant, but it would completely ruin my sermon. Where are they? Why don't they show up? Why don't angels come when I call, when you ask, when we think we need to see them? Is it because I didn't use the right ritual? Or we didn't have the magic formula for asking them to appear? Should we have gathered in a circle, waved a lamb's tail twice, and chanted together, Angel hosts of heaven, as did the shepherds before us, we summon you now in two shakes of a lamb's tail to appear? No. No. They didn't appear because they don't work for me. 
They don't work for Covenant Presbyterian Church. They don't work for the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. They don't work for the United States of America or the United Nations or the World Council of Churches or the authentic worldwide church. They work for the one and only almighty, true and living God. They show up when the Lord God says so and according to his purposes and plans. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. All quite normal. They could have, that line could have been used for what they did the night before, and the night before that, and the night before that, and the night before that, etc., etc., etc. An angel of the Lord appeared to them And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. What did the shepherds do to attract the angels? Incantations? Special appear angel dances? No. They did nothing out of the ordinary. They did nothing to attract the angels. The angels just showed up when God said, it's time. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. It's out of the blue. For no immediately apparent reason, at least from the shepherd's point of view, they didn't know about any of the stuff they were about to be told. There was great reason for the angels to appear, but the shepherds didn't have a clue about any of it. They didn't attract them. Now, now here's, here's a somewhat of a parenthetical little section I want to offer you, but I think it's very significant and probably um, warrants some meditation on our part here. But all of this, the way angels work as we see them, real angels, biblical angels, the way they work in the Bible, the way we see them working here is diametrically opposed to the way evil works. Evil tells you you got to play ball with it, sell your soul, do stuff and maybe you can get something in return. And it's always a bad trade. Evil, occult practices, witchcraft and the like tend to work differently. You have to bend your will to do the right rituals, say the right things to get the principalities and powers to notice you and then hopefully to get them to do what you want. You've got to do things, sometimes weird things according to the testimony of people who've been into this kind of stuff yeah like like kill somebody maybe kill your own children if you want them to do stuff for you all of this the way of evil and how you get evil forces to to do something is built on a deep lie And it is this. It's the illusion of personal power over spiritual entities. It's an illusion that you have power. All the while, the reality is you are losing personal freedom. By the way, this is the way addiction works. Big promise, never delivered, and chipping away, loss, 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 loss. Literally, until you've got nothing left. Destruction and death. That's the way it works. 
Angels don't ever work that way. Not real angels, not biblical angels. They work for God and God never asks us to sell our souls to him in exchange for a bit of his power. God knows our, God knows our souls already belong to him. And sometimes he sends angels to help us know what he wants us to know, like he did on that night with the shepherds. What do angels do? Well, they are messengers. They bring messages at just the right time from God for his people. That's what their name means, angelos. If you've been here for more than five minutes, you've heard me say this. It's a a significant word, angelos. It means messengers or message. And by the way, evangelical, which is part of our denominational church name, Evangelical Presbyterian Church, this name evangelical comes from this word angelos with a U, E-U, which turns into an E-V in English, but an E-U in front of it. An E-U in Greek means good. You stick an E-U in front of a word and it means good, whatever that thing is. So, for instance, the one that always comes to my mind is thanatos, is Greek for death. Not a particularly good word, but you stick an E-U in front of it and you have euthanasia, that means literally good death. Okay, and you can do, there's lots of other words like that. Euphoria, euphoria for us, feeling, euphoria, good feeling. Um, euphonium, some of you may, uh, euphonium. Phonos means sound, euphonium means a good sound. I've known some young euphonium players, it wasn't a good sound, but anyway. <laughs> but you get the idea, you means good. So euangelion, evangelical, means good message, the good news of Jesus. That's what, that's what that means. Well, angelos means message. The angels are messengers. But the angel said to them, he's got a message, fear not. It's always a good way for angels to start. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ, Christ means Messiah, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, so angels are messengers and it seems reasonable to me that the angel's song is part of that message. What is their message? Does it speak to us today? So let's, uh, let's think about the angel's Christmas song for a moment, their, their Noel First of all, the overall picture is wonderful, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's captured the imagination of many, many artists through the years. Um, the angels appearing to the shepherds. They're out there in the fields, and all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord is shining all around, and an angel speaks to them, and then the multitude of angels join him, and they have their song. It's like the joy of heaven at this amazing thing that is now happening with Jesus being born on earth, that the joy of heaven spills over so that the angels spill out of heaven onto earth to to share, to declare, to sing out the wonder of what's happening right now in real time, in real space on planet earth. Glory to God in the highest. By the way, 
for those of you that remember the message from last week, does this sound like a familiar start to a good or great Christmas song? Remember, we talked last week about a great Christmas song starts with deity at the downbeat. It starts with God. Well, here are the angels doing that very thing. Starts out, glory to God in the highest. Their great Christmas song begins with God. In the highest simply means in heaven. Here we have what I call the upward message of the angel's song. First, it tells us that in heaven, God is glorified. Glory to God in the highest. That's a, a call for people to join the song, but it's also, I think, a statement of fact. In heaven, God is glorified. By the way, if you don't want to see God glorified, you don't want to be in heaven. Then I think it also tells us something else that's very profound. What happens on earth affects what happens in heaven. This amazing thing is happening on earth and it is causing glory to God in heaven. There's a connection between the two. I think this is important. I think we probably have a tendency to kind of separate the two. You know, stuff on earth, stuff in heaven. You know, what happens on earth stays on earth. Um, what happens in heaven is just so far away and just otherworldly. You just sort of muddle along on earth, you do the best you can, and then your life's over and you hope that you get transported to that other place, heaven, that's way out there. But what we're learning here with the angel's appearance at this special moment in history, I think tells us that there is an important connection between the two. What happens on earth affects what happens in heaven. Things that happen here cause things to happen in heaven. Actually, there are other verses that talk about this. When one comes to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, when one sinner repents and turns to God for salvation, what what does it say? The angels in heaven rejoice. There's a connection. And we see it here. Then finally, third, the upward message, what is happening on earth is bringing glory to God. What, what is happening on earth? God coming down, taking on human flesh. God becoming one of us. God entering into the material world as part of it is causing glory to erupt in heaven. It matters. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. There's the, the other part. And again, this should sound a little familiar from what we talked about last week in terms of great Christmas songs. Another component of a great Christmas song is it is harmonized in the here and now. A great Christmas song starts with God, but it also touches ground. It touches our lives. A great Christmas song speaks to our lives as they are. And here, the angels are saying, and on earth, peace. This is the downward message. In heaven, God is glorified, upward, but also from heaven, God is gracious. God's surprising gift, as told by the angels, is his favor. This is the Greek word eudokios, which, interestingly enough, starts with that EU again. You and then dokeo, which means 
uh, to think, to suppose, to appear, to consider, to imagine. It, it, it speaks of being pleased, of taking delight or pleasure in something, of choosing, willing, resolving, being content. This word is telling us that, that God's favor, by God's choice, is resting upon men. He is choosing to think well, to think positively, to, to consider well, to favor humankind. Not because humankind deserves it or has earned that, but because God is gracious and merciful and loving. Peace to men on whom God's favor rests. Jesus is doing what he's doing right now. And and my interpretation of this is not so much for a select group of people on whom God's favor rests. And there's the rest of you, you're out of luck, but there's a few of you that God's favor rests on. No, no, no. He's doing this because his favor rests in a general way because of who God is on all of the human family. God is doing what he's doing to rescue and save his people on earth because he has chosen to rest his favor upon them. His gracious favor. It is a sign of God's favor God's grace that Jesus has come to us at all. None of us deserve that. Good news. And then it's also telling us that what happens in heaven then affects what happens on earth. God has made a decision. Note the shepherd's reaction. The angel tells him his tale. The angels sing their song. And the shepherd's reaction is, Whoa, talk about your mass hallucination. Yikes, we better lay down and go to sleep. Uh Uh-uh, no. They say, wow, let's, let's go check it out. Let's go check out these things that the Lord has told us through his messenger. And they do. And they find Mary and Joseph and the baby. That had to be quite a faith inspirer, don't you think? Angels told us, we checked it out, it was just like they said. Wow. It's almost as though there's a connection between heaven and earth that's real, that God is real, that God actually does intervene in human history. God actually intervenes in human lives. He intervened in our life. And it was real. What happens in heaven affects what happens on earth. And finally, what is happening on earth is doing something wonderful for humankind. What's happening at that time is about the salvation that God brings to his people through Jesus Christ. Best thing ever. Best gift ever, right? God's revealed by the angels will and work to bring something to people upon whom he has graciously given his unmerited favor. Peace. Erene. Shalom in Hebrew. And that is a huge word which is much better than our word peace. We hear peace and we think, oh, countries aren't shooting at each other. People in our house aren't yelling at each other today. That's peace. And, and believe me, I've been there Sometimes you'd settle for that, right? Just the peace where it's, nobody's in conflict. I'll take that. But shalom is about so much more. It's not just the absence of conflict that is being referred to here. Shalom means everything 
the way it should be. Everything in right relationship, us living in right relationship with God, us living in right relationship to all other people, living in right relationship to the world around us, living in right relationship to ourselves. And that's a biggie. That's what shalom is all about and that's what God has worked to bring about. Oh, it's not all here yet. There's the now and the not yet. But it's happening and it will happen. The upward vision and statement about what's happening eternally in heaven, but also the downer reality of what is happening now and here on earth. Peace to men. So finally, let me share a word about us. See, our human tendency, it seems to me, is to turn the truth upside down. And we're really good at it. We're very creative. I've long thought that advertising really is about doing that. It's about saying something that is 180 degrees from the truth and getting people to suspend their disbelief and buy it. Most advertising is actually completely false, it seems to me. I mean, most of it's fairly harmless, I guess. But like, for instance, this is the best washing machine you can buy. No, it's not. No, it's not. The best washing machine you can buy, you can't buy because you can't afford it. It's, it's industrial strength. Only, only big businesses can afford the best washing machine you can buy. But the advertiser says, this is the best washing machine you can buy. It's not. And, it, and it's an exercise that I've, I've done every once in a while throughout my life. I've looked at billboards or I've, I've read advertisements in magazines and I've said to myself, okay, is that true? And more often than not, no, it really isn't. It, it actually is not telling the truth and I know it isn't, but that's Okay. That's the world we live in. We're really good at this. But you know what? I think we take the angel's song and message and either ignore it or twist it to suit our purposes, to hear what they say and then live as though it were inside out and backwards. Uh, to borrow the last line from It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, this is how we give back the song the angels sing. We take their song, we turn it upside down, and then we give it back. And, and our song goes kind of like this. Instead of glory to God in the highest, we sing glory to the highest men on earth. And I can't resist but just another parenthetical remark here that is very timely. How's that working out for us? Glory to the highest men on earth. Who are our highest elected officials in this country. How? All of them. How are they behaving these days? This is not a political statement of left, right, Republican, Democrat, anything. All of them. How are they behaving these days? Pretty, not well. It's not a good look, is it? Again, never mind how you feel about about the substance, but how people are behaving toward one another, it's not a good look. And these are our highest, most honored elected officials in this country. Let me tell you, 
in thinking about whether I would share this today or not, obviously I decided to. But, here, but here's the second thing I thought. I praise God for what we see in, going on in Washington these days. You want to know why? Two reasons. An earthly reason and a heavenly reason. The earthly reason is this. I praise God. This is, this is very much set aside, okay? But I praise God that we live in a country where our governmental system is resilient enough to withstand what we see happening today. We'll be all right. We can get through this. We will get through this. The system is a blessing. Notice the horrible things that we hear people saying about each other. It's awful. But nobody has walked into Congress or the White House or anywhere else in Washington with the government officials having said, that's it, I've had it, and bringing a gun. Nobody's shooting at each other. We change political regimes rather dramatically, often, and never with bullets fired. It's not like that in other parts of the world, friends. So praise God that we live in a country where we can, we can withstand this kind of stuff, and we do. That's one. But secondly, and more importantly, I praise God that he is giving us a message today. If you're paying attention, if you pay attention to this kind of stuff, what's going on with with the high elected officials, he is giving us a message, and it is this. Do not put your ultimate hope and trust in anybody you can vote for on a ballot. Jesus isn't running for Lord of the universe. He is. You don't vote for him and make him so. He is. He is our hope. The living God is our hope. Trust in him. I think he's given us that message today. Yeah, do the best we can. Praise God that we get to participate. Vote well. Vote Christianly. Vote wisely. Voice your opinion. Praise God we get to do that. But do it in a context where you're wise enough to say, but my hope is not in the people we're going to elect next time or last time. My hope is in Jesus Christ. He won't disappoint. We say glory to the highest men on earth. I don't think that's working out. And in heaven, peace with God on whom our favor rests. As though God ought to be really thankful that we choose to believe in him. Really? How should it be? Well, the message of all the original Christmas songs and every Christmas song, it seems to me, tells us that the significance of Jesus means every song is a Christmas song and every life is a Christmas life. The angel song reminds us of the magnitude of what God has done in Jesus Christ. It changes everything for us here on earth and it brings him great glory in heaven. In so doing, it also instructs us and should motivate us to join the song. By our prayers toward heaven and in our actions here on earth, one, glorify God. Give him the praise and honor. That's what we're here for. And work for peace, for shalom, for things as they should be, for here and now, for others around us and so for ourselves. Listen to the angel's song, KHVN, speaking to us directly from heaven. 
We are here to glorify God in the highest. Can there be peace in my life and in this crazy world and on earth? Peace? How? Well, God knows. And God is working toward this end and God will accomplish his work. We believe it by faith. Trust him one step at a time. Listen to the things God has to say to us in this song, in the rest of the scriptures, in our life circumstances. We'll continue with this question on Christmas Eve with the last of our Christmas songs from Simeon. In the meantime, let's celebrate the good news of great joy that is for all the people. Born for us, a Savior who is Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, the living God in human flesh. And let us join with the angels in their wonderful song, eternal song, heavenly song, earthly song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that blesses us, that lifts us, that encourages us in the midst of our life circumstances, whatever they may be. We thank you for leading us and guiding us here today. Lord, we, we want to pray for one another and so we remember those who have asked us to pray for them. We lift before you those who have health concerns, those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. Lord, we pause and, and remember those who may be hurting, especially in this Christmas season because of losses that they have suffered in the last year. Some have loved ones who aren't with them in this Christmas season, who've passed on or moved away. And so there is, there's pain in this season. We ask for your healing hand and your encouragement to be with those who, who find this season, this year especially, to be difficult. Lord, we pray for those who are far away from home. We think of those serving in the military who are unable to come home. And we ask that you would be with them, that you would minister to them, that you would help them to hear your song, and that they would be encouraged and warmed even though they're not where they want to be. Lord, hear us as we share together in the special prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.